Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 35 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I'm your host, Mark Harris. Colton will be out this week as well as he's doing some engagement stuff. So good luck to him. But yeah, we're back for episode 35. Going to try to keep it a little shorter than I did last week. Uh, said that last week, too, and I went in like 48 minutes. So <laughs> Uh, I will keep it shorter this time for sure. There's a little less to go over. Uh, not really going to touch on too much of the spring football stuff because it's just going to be a repeat of what I said last week, basically. But ASU basketball got some good news from the transfer portal, uh, which last week, all the transfer portal news regarding ASU basketball was bad news. So uh it started out with Jemiah Neal announcing earlier this week that he wanted to, that, not that he wanted to return, that he is going to return to ASU and taking his name out of the transfer portal. Uh, you know, he said that he uh, got, was in contact with some other programs over the last few weeks uh, after he put his name in, but he is coming back and that is huge for ASU. Um, for one, it's just one less hole you have to fill in the transfer portal yourself. Cause right now ASU has only brought in two guys, Malachi Davis and Kamari lands who we're going to talk about, but gives you another guard. Now you'll have returning back as guards, uh, Frankie Collins and Jemiah Neal, because you'll lose horn. Most likely Austin Nunez, most likely uh, and Desmond Cambridge is leaving. So you have those two guys coming back, bringing in Malachi Davis and in your front court, you have uh, Duke Brennan, and then uh, it looks like Alonzo Gaffney's coming back. Devin Cambridge, obviously, coming back. And then Warren Washington, we're still waiting to see what he's going to do with his uh, last year of eligibility. But good news. Just uh, And this is why I didn't freak out too much last week when it was announced that Neil put his name in. Uh, not specifically because of Neil, but just because or not specifically that like I was expecting him to come back, but just when you have three guys put their name in the transfer portal, sometimes they come back. Um, it's still kind of a weird thing to uh, kind of grapple with as a fan, because you see the guy put their name in the portal. And a lot of times you think, Oh, this is, they've already, you know, got a situation uh, set up at another place already. And so they're just putting their name in, now for the portal uh but it looks like neil genuinely just put his name in and um wanted to see what was out there wanted to see potential nil opportunities he's from ohio so maybe wanted to go back home uh but he's staying at asu and heck maybe it was just a just a ploy to get more money out of the uh sun devil i always called the sun devil collective the sun angel collective um I'm going to call it the Sun Devil Collective again. It's the Sun Angel Collective. Maybe he just put his name in there just to uh, kind of force their hand a little bit. Um, because it doesn't seem, seem, keyword there, it doesn't seem like there is quite as much NIL money going towards the basketball players uh, than the football players. I don't. Totally hate that, honestly, because as ASU fans, I feel like deep down we would rather be really good at football than be what we were at basketball last year. I think we like being good at basketball, but if you have to pick and in NIL, you know, they only have so much money they can work with. So they have to pick 
too. Um, and maybe it's more important to give that, you know, $10,000 or whatever it may be to a incoming football transfer or an incoming football recruit or something, however, you know, however it works, then a returning basketball player, but maybe Jemaine will force their hand. I don't know. I'm just, that is complete and 100% speculation. All I know is I'm glad he's back uh, because this year you could really see his growth um, early on in his career and uh, for good chunks of this year as well. Um, he seemed like he was like, well, not he's just very athletic. He's a very athletic player. And it sometimes it felt like he was too athletic for his mastery of the game, if that makes sense. Like he was like a tornado out there, you know, and you could you saw it with some of his missed dunks, um, you know, just sometimes being a little bit over aggressive. And that's, you know, he's a young player, you know, so it's it's not the end of the world. And like I said, towards the end of the year, he really started putting together better games. I think obviously the highlight of all those is the uh, win over Nevada in the first four. Uh, I'm pulling up his official stats right here, but yeah, I mean, 16 points, you know, six of seven from the floor, one of two from three, it's, you know, pretty good day. And he could have had 22 because he went three of seven from the free throw line. So that's a breakout performance for Jemaya Neal, 11 points against U of A in the, uh, the, 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 the ASU's last game in the Pac-12 tournament, 12 points on the road against U of A. You know, he had some other double-digit games, um, but it definitely picked up more towards the end of the season. And I, it would be great for him to come in and, you know, replicate that play once again next year. Well, and replicate and grow on it, you know. So that's good. And it it's it would be very – it would be such a weird feeling having three, three players – all guards just leave right after the year and be at the transfer portal, you know, because you would have four players in total leaving if you also throw in Desmond Cambridge. Uh, but that's a different story since he's out of eligibility. But uh, it would it would just be a, a rough look to have three guards who have eligibility all leave. Um, but Jemaya Neal comes back. It's one less need for ASU basketball in terms of bringing in players from the portal. Uh, I still think even, even after lands, I think that they, they're probably going to need someone else as well. Um, I know they have two freshmen coming in, but I think I meant, let's just do this right now. So you have Frankie Collins, Jemiah Neal, Malachi Davis, who they just added, uh, Devin Cambridge, Alonzo Gaffney, Assuming Alonzo Gaffney comes back, I haven't seen any news about him, so that most likely means he's coming back. Uh, weird college eligibility rules. Um, Duke Brennan. So right now that's six. You have the two freshmen. Um, and then you have Lance. So that's uh, nine. Nine guys. Uh, they often went 10 deep last year. And I'm throwing in the two freshmen in that. So Bobby is definitely going to want at least one more uh, proven type player. And again, we still don't know what's going to happen with Warren Washington. So good stuff with Jemaya Neal coming back. Off to Kamari Lands. Um, this was rumored last week. 
that he might potentially go to ASU and the Sun Devils were able to get him. A little about Lance, he's if he transfers in from Louisville after pretty rough freshman year, but Louisville was an absolute disaster this year. <laughs> uh they went I think they have only had four wins, just a really rough year for a generally good program. Um 6-8, 220-pound wing uh, coming back to the desert uh, because he went to high school at Hillcrest Prep here in Phoenix. So he he's familiar with the area. He's familiar with ASU. This was ASU was actually his second choice uh, coming out of college. So good job by Bobby, you know, keeping the relationship alive. I'm sure many coaches in the past would not have wanted someone to come back just because maybe they were upset about them not picking them in the first place, but that's another story. Uh, his stats aren't going to blow you away. He averaged 5.9 points per game, 31.2% on three-pointers, you know, 32.6% from the field. He what like, if you knew nothing about this player, you would say he wasn't a good player. Like let's be just be just by strictly looking at the stats. However, you add in his size you add in the fact that he was a four-star recruit. So if we were saying, hey, ASU got Kamari Lands on April 5th, 2022, we would all be very happy because it's like, okay, ASU got in a four-star recruit, went to Hillcrest Prep, uh, size. So that's, again, it's just another important player adding into this whole team. You have, uh, with him, Gaffney, Duke Brennan, and I'll throw in Devin Cambridge too. You have at least a good chunk of wings. Uh, Brennan's more of a traditional forward, but you have a good chunk of players that are that have some size, and um, ASU hasn't had that at times in recent years. So I don't really know much more about Kamari Lands, but someone of his pedigree, it, it's it's a it's a good it's a good sign for ASU, and hopefully it signals that Bobby is not done mining the portal. All right. Um, that kind of wraps it up in terms of ASU basketball. Only thing, um, there were a few reports from John Rothstein earlier today. Uh, ASU transfer Austin Nunez tells me he's receiving interest from the following programs. Ole Miss, Notre Dame, and Maryland. So... Looks like Austin Nunez will be, I was going to say the East Coast, but I guess only one of those is on the East Coast. He will be on, I'll just say the other side of the country, um, which, you know, as a fan, this is weird. As a fan, I, I love it when players transfer out of the conference if they're on, uh, you know, the team I root for. So I don't know what it is. I think it's just the stupid fan pettiness because uh, ultimately it doesn't really matter where they go. They're not on your team anymore. Uh but it's a little easier to deal with um, or just, you just don't have to play them again. That's the other thing. It's, you just don't have to see them as much. You just don't have to play them again. Uh, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. So good luck to Austin Nunez in the future. He definitely showed he had some ability this year. Uh, and another tweet from Rothstein, who is a CBS sports college basketball reporter. ASU's game with San Diego and Tempe last December was the start of a home and home series. ASU will play at San Diego, not San Diego State, University of San Diego, uh, early next season. So that'll be a 
a lot of SoCal Devils out there. Uh, might be a fun game to go to if you're in San Diego for another reason. Might be a fun game to go to. Uh, so there's that. Um, like I said, not too much going on on the football front, uh, at least publicly. Um, but like I mentioned on the last episode, it there's a little more uh, smoke around the AS, ASU uh, coaches really focusing in on Texas. And uh, yesterday, coach ASU uh, assistant coach Rashad Samples, um, past game coordinator, wide receiver coach, just tweets out a hashtag hashtag Texas to Tempe. So he is out there. Obviously he has plenty of Texas connections, um, but the strategy, it just seems like they're continuing just to hammer Texas already have two wide receiver recruits from there. So uh, good stuff. And one more thing that came out, this was yesterday as well. This is from CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd, and the headline is, Pac-12 unlikely to reach media rights deal with more than 50% of games airing on TV, longtime consultant says. So basically the gist of this article is that media consultant Jim Williams, uh, he's on Twitter, he's not a huge Presence, but quote, the seven time Emmy Award winning producer helped develop five different regional sports networks throughout a career that began in 1977. So, this guy clearly has experience in the sports TV business. And based on what he is, you know, seeing, gleaning, whatever it is from the Pac 12 TV uh, media negotiations, um, he does not think that AS or not ASU, the Pac-12 will have 50% or more of its games on a traditional TV network under its next deal. Um, so to me, when I see that, it's a few things. One, this is not a report. This is this is someone's opinion. Now it is a very educated opinion because this guy, uh, Jim Williams has, you know, tons of experience in sports media negotiations. So I'm, I'm, I'm not even saying like, Oh, this guy's making it up or anything, but it is not, Hey, inside insider from the PAC 12 media deal. Uh, you know, they, they definitely aren't going to get this. It's more of, I don't see how this just by looking on the outside. So, um, but the guy definitely does have a stronger point of view on this and just more knowledge about this than pretty much everyone watching. So um, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, even though may, he, he may not be in the room, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, and one of the quotes in there, he goes, quote, I'm in an, at an absolute loss how NBC, CBS, ESPN, ABC, or Fox gets the pack 12 to 50%. So he does not see um he does not see how the pack 12 is going to get 50% on linear TV. Um and that can that definitely sounds scary at first, you know. Um it's linear TV is still 
you know, way more accessible than streaming for a good chunk of people. Um, and so that has to be acknowledged, you know, that I'm, I'm not trying to wave this off, but I think what, how, what, what are the games that go on streaming and what are the games that go on TV? Cause I think that's really what this boils down to, you know, um, technically the PAC 12 network is a linear TV channel, but it's extremely difficult to access. You pretty much have to have sling TV or uh, I forget which cable, but you, or you have to have, you know, regular cable. So Yes, the Pac-12 network is on linear TV, but it's on a it's very hard to access. Um so that's one thing to be considered. And another thing to be considered is what are the games that are going to be on, you know, like I just said linear versus streaming, if they're putting all the big, you know, all the big matchups like your Oregon Washington Washington versus Utah, you know, Deion Sanders in Colorado, let's say ASU gets a turn, all, all the bigger games um, ranked teams, teams with good records, are those going to be on TV? Because if those are on TV and you're, you know, making sure that Oregon isn't playing a ranked, you know, Oregon state team on Apple TV, then that's a good thing, you know? Um, and you have all the big games are put on regular TV and then all the lesser matchups, say you're Washington state versus Cal, you know, Stanford versus Arizona, San Diego state, you know, learning its way into the conference versus, you know, Utah, whatever it may be, lesser matchups on the schedule. We, you know, not every schedule can have all bangers each week. Uh, so if, if, if that's how it works, then fine. But, um, that is something to monitor, and it, it it will be interesting to see how it all gets divvied up, uh, because the Pac-12 is going with it. It looks almost certain that they're going to be in a deal with Apple uh, and possibly Amazon. Um, and there's reporting out there from John Canzano that the reason this deal is kind of taking so long to develop is because Apple and Amazon have never been in college football. Uh, you know, they haven't broadcast college football before. So, so there's a whole new list of things they have to know about. And so that, you know, reportedly, again, I'm not reporting this, but based on what John Canzano uh, has said, he's an Oregon uh, Portland radio host, uh, very connected. That's kind of the, that's kind of the reason why. So it should be, in, you know, again, we had been talking about this a lot earlier, a few months ago, um, feels like there's been less and less news about it, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I don't know. Uh, but I guess I, I'm not really like too fearful reading this article, you know, because it is it is just one man's opinion, you know. So we'll see where it goes. I, but again, I, even though I say it's one man's opinion, that could very well happen. So uh, we're still kind of in the dark on this. But I don't think it would be some huge like PR disaster if all the games that were on the Pac-12 network are just put onto Apple TV and then all the games that were already on ESPN, you know, were just kept on ESPN. So again, we'll just have to see, see where it goes, but I'm not, I, I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think the Pac-12 presidents are like 
super fearful of streaming, but I think they, I, I it, it seems like they don't want to go all in, which I don't think 50% is all in. So um, Arizona's president, Robert Robbins mentioned that he thinks it will be over 50%. So maybe that could cause some friction, who knows? Um, but I, I, I think once the deal is officially presented to them, I think that's kind of when we'll know if there are any more uh, dominoes to fall, if anyone leaves, uh, if and when San Diego State gets added, because at this point, just uh, they should have added them already. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a TV negotiations expert, so I don't know how long all this stuff takes. And I know there's a bunch of lawyers involved, so that is part of it. But, um, yeah, so... Should be interesting to see how many of the games are on TV and which ones are on TV and then which ones are on streaming. Um, because, you look, you definitely can't have the best of the best games be, be on streaming. I think we know that. Like, Washington and Utah can't be playing, you know, Friday, 4 o'clock Pacific time on Apple TV. That would be very bad unless, unless both of, you know, what, for whatever reason, Washington and Utah are both lower-tier programs, then it's fine. But even then... Um, or that would be, that just seems so unlikely at this point. So uh, anyway, kind of just talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit right now, because we don't totally know how it's going to end up, but um, long story short with that, I'm not super worried because it just kind of depends which games are put where. So, um, and I think the Pac-12 presidents are a lot more friendly to streaming than the average fan on Twitter might uh, think that they are. So that's another thing to consider as well. And specifically when it comes to, you know, Michael Crow, ASU's president, um, I think if anything, I think he would like streaming just to, just so like, because it's such a new, you know, it's new age, uh, it's a new, new technology. And Michael Crow uh, would see an opportunity to be like, Oh, this is so innovative. This is, uh, we're stepping into the future with a TV deal with Apple. So you can watch games on your phone and yada, yada, yada. I mean, you can do that anyway, but um, I think a part of him would like that uh, in a weird way that it's on streaming. So, um, and I don't think a, you know, a heavy streaming deal would like push Michael Crow to be like, Oh, we need to go to the big 12. Now. I think, I think the only thing that, I think the only way Michael Crow, ASU president, wants to go to the Big 12 is if the Pac-12 has actually already like imploded or shuttered or whatever it is. You know, I feel like I feel like uh, he'll he'll be hanging on till the end because he is a true believer uh, in the Pac-12. He was Larry Scott's biggest supporter. So whenever I see all these ASU to the Big 12 rumors, um, I just. <laughs> Seems like Michael Crow isn't going to sign off on that until his dying breath, uh, metaphorically, obviously. Um, so that's just my opinion on it, but we shall see. Maybe it's a terrible deal and ASU's in the Big 12 soon, but I don't think that's going to be the way that it plays out, but you never know. All right. Well, that wraps up episode 35. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe the video. Um, we don't always uh, have that disclaimer in there because usually we just forget to say it, but uh, that'll be really helpful. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, 
you know, subscribe to the YouTube page. Like I said, listen, you know, listen, rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and all that fun stuff. So thank you for listening and go.